For those of you not in the know, today marks the start of a four-day festival known as CMA Fest, organized by the Country Music Association in Nashville. But attendees, beware. There is a list of items that are prohibited on festival grounds, such as adhesive-backed decals, aerosol containers, bags that are not clear, bikes, cameras with a detachable lens longer than six inches, chairs of any kind, and the Confederate flag. Yep, you heard that right. Welcome to the Midnight Banjo Show's Breaking News in the Country World. What do you think of the Muzak? Of course, all credit for that goes to freesfx.co.uk. Once again, you guys have saved this podcast. All right, now, welcome to a Breaking News in the Country World special episode, or what I like to call a bonus episode, produced in response to the Country Music Association's decision to ban the Confederate flag and all its imagery in any shape or form from this year's festival of theirs. Now, I have read some reactions to this piece of news on Twitter and other social media, and it is my understanding that, as expected of course, the country music audience is divided on this issue. So I I said to myself, why don't I make an episode on this? Once it fell on my radar, I couldn't ignore it anymore. So here we are today, debating the CMA's decision to ban the Confederate flag, most properly called the Battle Flag, from its festival grounds. We'll start with the facts, so the news background of it all, a very light history dive into the background of the battle flag, and of course, at the end of the episode, I will tell you what I think about it and invite you to do the same. Before we move on, just one last station of the cross, so to speak. I want to give a huge shout-out to Nick Dimitrokopoulos, a fellow member of Greek Cowboys and Country Girls, one of the largest Facebook communities of country and southern music enthusiasts in Greece. Before making this episode, I posted an article on the matter there and asked our local community what they thought of it, and Nick was one of the very few people who actually responded to me, suggesting a very intriguing YouGov article on the matter, part of which I'm going to read to you later. So once again, Nick, thank you so much for replying to that post, and thank you for having inspired part of today's episode. Now, with that aside, we're good to go. Oh, a little fun fact. Trace Atkins nearly apologized for his Confederate flag-themed earpiece worn at an event in 2012, which he ended up at least accounting for. I wouldn't say that that what he issued was an apology, but here's what he had to say. To me, the battle flag represents remembrance of my southern lineage. I'm a descendant of Confederate soldiers who followed that flag into battle. I advocate for the preservation of America's battlefields, an honest conversation about our country's history. To those who view the flag as a symbol of racism, that was not my message and I did not intend offence. Now, let's talk about the news behind it all. In order for my research to be as impartial and objective as possible, I used three main news sources for this content. And these were Fox News, which, as some of you know, is viewed as a rather right-leaning media, Taste of Country, which is a 
The Boot Affiliate, and it covers news in the country music world, of course, which we use very often as a source for many of our other episodes, and USA Today, which over the years has evolved into a type of news media that many people view as left-leaning. So, here goes. I'm going to read you two excerpts from Fox News and USA Today, respectively, to cover the whole of what could be one article. Let's start with Fox. The CMA Fest is joining other musical festivals in banning all imagery related to the Confederate flag for this year's event. The four-day event in Nashville, which starts on June 9th, lists Confederate flag imagery of any kind under its list of prohibited items and activities. We read you part of that list at the very beginning of our episode here. This year's CMI Fest is our first major fan-facing event in nearly three years, the statement said. We have always had policies in place that protect the safety of our fans and ban discrimination, but we felt it was important to further refine our language to explicitly outline what will and will not be tolerated. Fair enough. And now, the USA Today bit. The decision comes as many artists, advocates and industry leaders continue to push for racial equality in country music. Once used as a contentious symbol of the genre's southern roots, some hitmakers and gatekeepers are now reckoning with the racist history represented in Confederate imagery. Last year, Luke Combs apologized for his past use of the Confederate flag during a discussion at Nashville's annual country radio seminar. As I've grown in my time as an artist, and as the world has changed drastically in the last five to seven years, I'm now aware how painful that image can be, Combs said at the time. I would never want to be associated with something that brings so much hurt to someone else. Now, a little bit of history on the Confederate flag, most properly called, of course, the battle flag, because as you will see, this particular symbol was never used as an official flag for the Confederacy at the time. It was rather a square flag that they used in battle in order to know who fought by whose side. I'm going to read you an excerpt from Rockingham's Community College Library website on Confederate flags to learn a bit more about it before we draw our own conclusions. The Confederate Assembly in Montgomery, Alabama, adopted the first national flag of the Confederate States of America in March of 1861. The canton was blue, with seven stars in a circle. There were three bars on the flag, two red and one white, and thus the popular name Stars and Bars. I repeat, this was not what we now know as the Confederate flag, but a rather different one. Just go to their website and have a look. You can find a link to that, of course, in the show notes. This particular version of the flag initially started with seven stars, each one of which represented a single confederate state, and these stars were later increased by six more, in a matter of months actually, since the flag's conception, to account for the then latest state additions. Later on, on the same entry, we read that the people of the Confederate Union also wanted a flag for all occasions that would not be confused with the Stars and Stripes, which might have caused several instances of friendly fire on the field, I imagine, if it was hard for the soldiers to tell who fought for the North and who for the South. And this, of course, is what gave birth to what we now know as the Confederate flag, which was solely used in battle, and it was called the Battle Flag or the Bull Run Flag. If you're interested in discovering more history facts about the battle flag, why don't you head on over to Rockingham's Community College Library, or even listen to 
The Confederate flag is a symbol of white supremacy by political theory and history podcast, Revolution and Ideology, if you're into that kind of stuff. As always, you know where to find links to all that and more. Now, before we voice our opinions on the CMI's decision to ban the flag, why don't we take into account the several opposing views that there are on the matter? And as always, I would like to start this section in a bit of a provocative way. Think about the flag. What is, in your opinion, or who is, rather, a stereotypical person that would wave that flag in pride? What do they look like? Aren't you thinking of a southern white person? What if I were to tell you that there is a surprisingly sizable percentage of African-American people in the South who support this flag? I know, I was flabbergasted too. Don't you believe me? Well, you can read the same Washington Post article that I read, titled Why This Black Defender of the Confederate Flag Says Slavery Was a Choice. I know, I know what you must be thinking. These are exactly my thoughts. Let me read you a little excerpt from that article. A 2014 Winthrop University poll found that 61% of black South Carolina residents said the flag should no longer fly on the state house grounds, which of course makes sense, in my opinion. And yet, 27% of black South Carolina residents said it should stay, suggesting that the flag's meaning remains a source of some debate. Why don't we make this a little more specific? As part of the composition of this article, several different people were interviewed, and I'm going to read you some of what they had to say in reference to their support of this symbol, despite being of African-American descent. Karen Cooper says, I'm not advocating slavery or think that, you know, it was right. It wasn't. It was just something that happened. It didn't just happen in the South, it happened worldwide. Besides, she adds, slavery is, quote-unquote, a choice. I say that because of what Patrick Henry said, give me liberty or give me death. To me, if we had gone back to that kind of slavery, no, I couldn't do it. Give me death. A little bit below in the article, we read what Byron Thomas, another interviewee, says. I'm entitled to my beliefs and how I choose to use a symbol. My confederate flag isn't racist. After all, I am black. I'm also an American who strongly believes in the constitutional right to free speech. Last but not least, around the end of the article, Courtney Daniels, a black Birmingham, Alabama native and marine, argues that the confederate flag and its gorgeous colors were hijacked by a few cowards in bedsheets. This is, of course, an obvious reference to the KKK that, in his eyes, as I take it, appropriated a flag that isn't racist by itself. This seems to be the argument or the point he's making here. Now, let's have a look at another common argument that proponents of this flag usually pose it. There are many southern residents that see this particular flag, what we now know is the battle flag, really, as a symbol of their heritage and pride, not a symbol of racism. And of course, this is what Trace Atkins himself must have been referring to after the 2012 earpiece incident. Taking all these views into account, it seems to me that we could compose the following argument. Country music is a pearl of southern heritage. And if the battle flag is a symbol of southern heritage, the one shouldn't be exclusive of the other. 
it would even be counterintuitive to ban this flag from country music festivals. Before we discuss what those opposing the flag and subsequently, I'm guessing, supporting this ban, have to say, why don't we read through some selected highlights from the YouGov article that I mentioned in the intro of this episode. It's really interesting, and it seems to be impartial. So let's read it for our own reference. I'm going to start reading to you live as I see this in front of me, scrolling down in order to capture all essential highlights. The first interesting piece of data off of that poll seems to be that former Confederate states are actually divided on whether the battle flag represents heritage or racism. If you ask me, I would have expected them not to be that divided. I would have thought that most of them would see this flag as a symbol of heritage. But no, this is not the case. Some of the states that view this flag as a symbol of Southern pride are Arkansas and Louisiana. Whereas on the other end of the spectrum, we've got those ex-Confederate states that believe it mostly represents racism. To name but a few, we've got both Carolinas, Texas, Mississippi, and Tennessee. Of course, in those cases, the two bars on the graphs given were almost a tie, but still, that tendency or trend was slightly higher than the other one. It would be very interesting to hear what you, our American friends, have to say about this. Now, scrolling down a bit further, we learn that 49% of US adults in the New England division believe the Confederate flag most represents racism, whereas 41% of US adults in the East-South-Central division believe the Confederate flag most represents heritage. If you'd like more facts on this subject matter, why don't you head on over to this very YouGov article and read it for yourself. I believe the time is nigh to dig right into the opponents of the battle flag now and what they think. An obvious one is that it's a symbol of racism and white supremacy, which, as a common conception of the flag, isn't news really to any of us, I believe. After all, one cannot think of the Civil War of America without immediately bringing to mind President Lincoln's proclamation to emancipate slaves. At the time, Confederate states seemed to be protective of what they perceived as their right to determine whether slavery would be legal or illegal on their grounds. And of course, the rest is history. As a matter of fact, to this day, and in spite of how we started this particular section of the episode, I believe there are very few people of colour in the USA who advocate this flag. I would even go so far as to say that in the minds of many people nowadays, country music is purely white man's music. And racism very often enters the picture when discussing this genre in terms of its history. Therefore, taking into account the negative views on the battle flag, the argument that we can synthesize in contrast to the first flag-supported one could be as follows. Country music is indeed part of Southern pride and heritage, but does that have to equal racism? The battle flag seems to have a rather questionable background, so should we really maintain its association with the genre we all love? (laughs) 
And now comes the moment that I was dreading, where I have to tell you what I think of this matter. Prior to that, as always, let me remind you that, even though I'm an ardent country music enthusiast, every time I talk about country music history and all that, I always offer my great European perspective. Disclaimer aside, here's what I think. Personally, when it comes to the ban of the Confederate flag and all its imagery from CMA festival grounds, I say, go for it. I believe it's a step in the right direction. Have I gone crazy? Not really. Here are my reasons for it. Our world, on a global level, in 2022, is a much more openly diverse place than ever before. As a consequence, it is my strongly held conviction that any and every genre should be as open and as inclusive of everybody listening to it as possible. The audiences of country music in 2022 surely look drastically different from, say, 20, 30, 40, 50 or 60 years ago. And I believe that our genre should take steps to reflect that diversity among its fans. To prove my point, I want you, the listener, to think of yourself right now. Think of your aesthetic choices, your lifestyle, your own orientation or orientations, and your ethnic background. And ask yourself, am I a typical country music fan? My answer would be probably yes. Because anybody and everybody, if I say so myself, can and should listen to this music, irrespective of who they are. The genre we all love should serve the purpose to unite us all and bridge any differences that might exist in our midst. Symbols that preclude a certain political stance or even a specific national or regional origin might make certain people feel excluded, offended or outright threatened. Also, like we mentioned above, the KKK have been using the battle flag as their trademark symbol for a while, and I believe that country music should distance itself from such extremist groups. In conclusion, I believe that the battle flag is marred by a history of violence, discrimination, segregation and crimes against humanity, and even though people who have it in their homes and proudly saluted every now and again, might not have any intention of supporting these ideologies and practices, well, they should know that there's a good reason why some folks see this flag as such, and I think that it's a token of respect to not brandish it at a festival that should be open to everyone. I'm sure there are many people out there of southern lineage or heritage that are really, really proud of their place of birth. And they should be. The South has given America and the world at large many things to be grateful for or proud of if you hail from there. Let's all emphasize these aspects, chief among which is country music itself, and distance ourselves from the public display of symbols that cause division. In other words, let's bury the hatchet and move on. Country music can unite us all. Happy CMA Fest, everyone!
now, this brings us to the end of this episode, but I've got a favor to ask. Why don't you go and read some of the suggested articles and then teleport to our Facebook page or group and reply to a relevant post you will find there telling us if you agree with our view or not and why. And most importantly, what you think on the matter. Was the Country Music Association right in banning the Confederate flag from its festival premises or not? You will be the judge of that. We'll be awaiting. See you in two weeks with episode 5 about Dark Country and Marilyn Manson. Say what?